it's not the plight of the AMBO in reality. It's the plight of the person that's called for the AMBO. And the Ambience Union has suggested that uh, a shortage of crews contributed to two deaths on Friday night. One in Walkerville, where a triple O call was received at 6 o'clock for an elderly patient suffering shortness of breath. Uh, they were triaged as uh, lights and sirens are an emergency case. But 28 minutes later, no ambulance had been sent. At that point, the patient fell unconscious. The patient's partner had to start CPR. Paramedics did not arrive until 38 minutes after the triple O call was made, when typically they would arrive within 16 minutes. And by the time they got there, the person had died. In Newton, there was a triple O call that was received at 7.19pm for an elderly patient who was disoriented. Uh, that was considered an urgent case. An ambulance was supposed to arrive within 30 minutes, but 40 minutes later there hadn't been one. Uh, and there had been none even sent out there because there was simply none available. The case was upgraded to a lights and sirens response. There was still no ambulance available. Then there were 10 other lights and siren cases at this time that were all uncovered. 10 other cases that no one could get to. At 8.13, so we're talking almost an hour later, an ambulance was sent from North Adelaide. It arrived one hour and five minutes after the triple O call was made. And the patient was at that stage in cardiac arrest. It's understood by the union that that person passed away. Jess is a paramedic who was was working that night on the weekend. Jess, good morning to you, and thanks for joining us on Five AA Breakfast. Good morning. Now, Jess, we um, as Will as Will said, we heard a couple of weeks ago from so many of your colleagues, and you know we can't even begin to imagine the stress that that all this puts you guys under. Yeah, so I've been a paramedic for seven years, um, and my partner on that afternoon shift has been a paramedic for thirty years. So very well experienced crew um, and we've never been affected by a job like we were on Friday night. Mm. Um, so usually, you know, even if it's a traumatic job, you get there and you can render some assistance and potentially improve that patient's outcome. Um, but on Friday, unfortunately, we weren't able to offer them that and that was heartbreaking. It was an impossible situation for the call takers, for the dispatchers us um, and it was like that all afternoon it wasn't just a surge around knockoff time for the for the day crews it was like that all day we started at midday and we finished at midnight and it was unrelenting it sounds from what i've heard about this case jess like you almost just ended up you and your colleague ended up playing a comforting role to this poor man who yeah. wasn't angry yeah he was quite sort of um resigned sadly to, yeah. to what had happened and was showing you photographs yeah. of his wife and talking about the 57 years of marriage it just sounds like the most heartbreaking scene oh it was it was horrendous um so obviously they were waiting around 40 minutes for us to arrive and over that time um he was watching his wife suffer um with what sounded like respiratory distress we can obviously offer a lot of assistance for various causes of shortness of breath um, and if time were afforded to her there likely would have been a different outcome hmm. um, but unfortunately she did pass away and when we arrived um, and told him that she had passed away his words were I guess you were too busy after all now what do you say to that oh, how do you how do you respond to someone who is broken and who's just lost their wife hmm. knowing that you have played a part in not being able to help her hmm. well the system has um, you haven't the system has yeah 
And he he wasn't angry at us. He wasn't angry at the dispatchers or the call takers. In fact, he was just grateful that he wasn't alone on the phone when all of this was happening. Mm. Um, and then he sat down on the couch and started showing us pictures of his wife and told us the story of how they met over coffee at Sydney University. Um, and it was so obvious that they were still so in love, even after 57 years. Mm. And knowing that if we had been there half an hour earlier, mm. chances are they probably would have been going on to 58 years, 59 years. You know, it's just, it's impossible. And yeah. the people that are making the decisions are not the people that are having to come and stand in front of the families and see this. They don't see the effects that it's having on people. Mm. Yeah. And that's what's so hard. Mm. Hey, thanks for sharing that story, that's, Jess. It's yeah. clearly still pretty raw. And, uh, yeah, as we said, I can't even imagine what it's like to be put into that situation. Good on you for talking to us on 5AA Breakfast. We've also got Leah Watkins from the Ambulance Employees Association. Um, Leah, thanks for your time. Um, we understand that the ambulance boss, David Place, or, or, or the, the ambulance service itself, has referred both of these deaths to the coroner. It does sound like something that purely comes down to a resourcing question in our eyes. Good morning, and thanks for having me on. Um, yes, and it's certainly something that we've been saying for years now, and I know our secretary, Phil Palmer, has said, uh, you know, many times that this is the worst it's been, and then, you know, again, nothing is done, there's no extra resources put on, and so, if, you know, a few months later, he's out there again saying this is now the worst it's been, and... Friday night was certainly the worst we've ever heard it. Um, but with the state government saying that then they have, they know that more resources are needed, they have the money, but they're just not going to put them on until they get something out of the ambos. Um, and even when they do, it's going to take a while to onboard those new staff. Um, we're very concerned that it's going to get even worse before it gets better. Um, we need these resources now. We just—it it is unconscionable to me that any government could sit there and play with the community's lives and their safety in this way. That they would use this as a bargaining chip. I mean, if the shoe was on the other foot and our members were going on strike until they got the conditions that they wanted, uh, we would certainly be um, portrayed as being wholly irresponsible, and we would be. We would never do something like that. That's why when our members take industrial action, they don't go on strike. They do little things like, um, you know, talking on ambulances because in they in no way could ever uh, put the, uh, their patients in jeopardy. Yeah. And it's just awful. Yeah. It is, and you'd have to have a heart of stone not to be moved by what Jess just had to say. Imagine losing good people like Jess to the industry mm. too, because that's that's a work night. Yeah, that, everything about that is awful. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Leah. We appreciate it. Mixed call.